Welcome to Beyond Standards, your source for authentic discussions about the world of teaching. Get ready to explore challenges, share inspiring stories, and discover strategies that will empower you to make a lasting impact on your students. Here are your hosts, who are trying to master the fine art of maintaining their sanity while managing a classroom, Joe Rohrhoff and Jeff Bologna. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode six of the Beyond Standards podcast, where we talk about the reality of teaching. I'm Joe, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and fellow middle school teacher, Jeff. And there's, uh, Jeff, something I want to talk about right away that happened. It was a pretty cool thing, you know, re- related to me being a teacher that happened over weekend that, that I'd love to start, start this episode by talking about. Um, so I was out in Detroit. Jessica and I were out to breakfast in Detroit. And as I'm leaving the restaurant, someone is waiting for his table. And he's like, you look really familiar. And I said, well, did you go, uh, did you go to Northville by chance? Or did you ever, did you ever go to Northville? And it turned out that this was a former, I uh, didn't have him as a student, but he was a player that I coached. And this was, a, a, it was particularly cool because this person was, uh, he got into some trouble and I'm not going to air the dirty laundry, but I'll say that he got into a lot of trouble in our, in our school district. And he ended up going to another school district. And he's one of those kids that you worry about, like you know, he, he leaves your classroom. So many times kids leave our classroom and we never see him again. And it, it's hard to think about, but over 18 years, how many kids we've taught that, that we never see. And th- this was a kid that, you know, I, I knew I had a relationship with and, and was worried about and we got to talking. And it turned out that he had just graduated college. He was a civil engineer. He just got a job as a civil, civil engineer for the city of Detroit. And I, I was so fired up for him. I was so happy. And I, I just thought, man, with all the kids that we never get to talk about or, or that we worry about, because we're like, man, this kid's in eighth grade. This kid just isn't going to make it. Um, he's going to get fumble up somewhere. And, and it just gave me hope. It gave me hope for you know some of the current students I have now. Like, man, I wonder what this kid's going to do. But it's so cool to, to kind of see yeah, they, they get it figured out. Eventually, the, the, the majority of them get it figured out. That was awesome. Sure. Joe, that's amazing. That That's absolutely amazing. You know, it, it's a proud moment for you as, you know, as a coach, someone who maybe had a little impact on, on this young man's life, um, which goes back to kind of all of the episodes that we've done so far. It's always been, you know, focused on the student and student centered. I had a similar experience, not to that level. I was, I was walking into a Starbucks last year. We had a day off. I was getting Starbucks for, uh, for some teachers on my way in. And there was a student in line, former student. And he looked at me and he's like, do you know who I am? And I was like, I do. And he's like, I just wanted to tell you, I am so sorry. He's like, I was the biggest jerk in eighth grade. And I looked him straight in the face and I said, you were, yeah, you know, of course you were, but m- most of them are at that, at that age. And, uh, now he's, you know, he's a senior in the high school. He, he wants to go to the university of Michigan. He wants to be a doctor. And he totally, he's like, I want you to tell Mr. Williford. I want you to tell all these teachers how sorry I am. And, um, you know, it was just, it was one of those things. I was just like, well, you know, if this kid can make it and end up at the university of Michigan, there's, there's hope for, for a lot of our students that we currently have. That's a great story, Joe. I'm glad you shared. Yeah, no, I, I, I always love, you know, seeing the success that, that comes out and as kids mature, they, they change, they grow, they get better. It's, it's, just, it was just an awesome experience. Yeah, well, let's move on to our topic today. Uh, Our topic, what we're going to talk about today is parent-teacher conferences. 
we're going to hopefully offer our listener, listeners some practical strategies, some insights, some help to, to help new teachers and experienced teachers navigate parent-teacher conferences. And I know for me personally, like the format that I use for my conferences, it hasn't changed in a while. I, I'm super excited to listen to our guests today and, and Jeff to listen to you talk about your strategies and what you do during conferences. And, and we're going to walk through some scenarios that you know, teachers might face in conferences and how we deal with some of those more difficult scenarios. Um, hopefully by listening to this, our, our fellow teachers will, you know, build their confidence, re reduce the stress that comes along with parent-teacher conferences. Um, and with that, I would like to introduce our guest. Our guest is a former student teacher of mine. Dave was, Dave was kind of going into a second career and he did some pre-interning in my classroom and, and him and I just clicked really well together. We kind of fed off each other really well. And he ended up being my, my student teacher for a year from University of Michigan. And, and that was, we were just talking about some former students. It was five years ago uh, that the students that he had when they were in eighth grade are now freshmen in college. He's been teaching for five years. I'll let him tell a little bit of his story, but I'd like to introduce Dave Goff to our show. Dave, welcome hey, to the show. Thank you. Um, well, I'm like you said, it's my fifth year teaching. This is my first year at um, at uh, Lincoln King High School. I just left uh, another school where the support just wasn't there. They didn't okay. have the administrative support. They didn't have the disciplinary support. And that is so important when you're trying to teach and the uh, – just the, there's someone there every day when you need them. And that's, that's so appreciated. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. You found a, found a spot where you get that support and you get the, the resources that you need as a teacher. We have kids who have a really low reading level. Uh, kids are having a lot of, not all kids, some kids are having problems at home. We don't know their situation at home. Uh, so we're always working trying to engage them in where they're at and not just assume that they're where we are. Dave, that's awesome that the comment you made about, um, you know, not assuming, you know, that they're at your level and trying to meet them at theirs. Cause I think sometimes, um, where Joe and I teach, you know, and, and you did your student teaching there, Dave. So, you know, um, you know, the, the successes of our district and the high achieving and, you know, you forget about, you know, some of these kids and, and, you know, even in our school, we, they, kids have baggage that they come with and home yeah. life situations and, you know, reading levels that aren't at grade level. And I, I think that's a, a great comment you made there, Dave. Thanks for sharing that. Well, I was going to say a lot of the students, because of their situations, come in with very low confidence level. So you have to draw that out of them. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. And that's a good reminder for, for all teachers that, you know, I love that quote, like Jeff said, to meet the kids where they're at, not where you're at. Let's jump right into some parent-teacher conference scenarios. And I, I know I, uh, you know, Dave and I are friends on Facebook, and I saw he just had conferences, and and he ha had a post up there about how awesome it was to have the support of parents, something that he hadn't always experienced, maybe at his old school. So that's what kind of motivated uh, me because I know he, his school. I mean, every school has issues with parents, but depending on the school, those issues can be different. Uh, what do you do, Dave, to uh, prepare for parent-teacher conferences? Uh, I start out with 
who I check with the students really to see who's coming. And then I kind of get the background, behavioral stuff, standout work if there is any. Maybe ask them, well, what are your parents looking for? I always tell the student to come with the parent. Why do you do that, Dave? Many times there's a conflict where the student is telling the mom or dad what the teacher is saying. And if the teacher's in front, we can deal with whatever issue that is and just get it out of the way so it's not dragging on the whole year. That's a great point, Dave. Yeah. Dave, at your school, do they do, um, are the, are the conferences scheduled? So they, so the kids book a time or do they, is it drop in? It's drop in. Okay. They set us up in the cafeteria the, the ninth graders have their own cafeteria. So we set the ninth graders up, they come in and they, they wait in line until their turn comes up. You know, our, our school, um, we just went to the scheduled conference this year. Um, and I have found that I thought it was great because I was able to do a little preparing ahead of time. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I could look at my list and see, oh, I've, this is one I, I, I need to get, you know, get my, all my ducks in a row, or like you yeah. said, get the, the documentations and things like that. So I have found that that, that helps prepare, um, you know, for, for me at, at least, I don't know yeah. about your yeah. feelings on that, Joe. Yeah. yeah. It helps to know who's coming in. I, I agree a hundred percent. I thought that was a, a great tip Dave gave about, making sure like, Hey, ask the kids who's going to come because that helps you prepare. If you don't have a list of who's going to come, uh, then, you know, you've got a heads up as to what you need to be ready for, who you need to be ready for. And you know, right. there's always going to be a curveball, but always right. good to prepare. Do you guys ever do uh online conferences? Yeah. Ours, ours were split this year. So we were, you know, one day virtual, one day in person basically. Okay. And it was, I, I mean, there's advantages and disadvantages. I prefer in person yeah. to, to online. Cause you don't, I mean, I don't know. It's just more real. If you're, I if agree. You're there. I agree with that. Dave, can you take us through like a typical conference, like in your setting? And then maybe Joe and I can kind of talk about in our setting since the, you know, their differences, you know, do you have a general script that you followed with the kids this year? And maybe how was it different this year than last year? Maybe. Uh, with what I found different, and this is my first conference at this school is almost all of the conferences at the previous school were with the successful students' parents. I don't know if there's a cause and effect there with an involved, an involved parent means an involved student and successful student. Yep. But at this one, a lot of the, the parents that I wanted to see and talk to face-to-face -to -face showed up. I always start out very positive. I love this guy, whatever his name is. I love John. John's a great kid in my class. I mean, and then I'll... If I have any issues, I'll throw it underneath that. My whole goal when I do the conference is to empower the parent, not only inform them, but the biggest thing is to empower them because this is a team sport. We have them five hours a week. They have them the rest of the time. If they're able to do their part, that is such a big help for us. A lot of times when I have issues with phones, I want them to tell me what they want me to do with that because I've had most of the parents told me just take their phone at the beginning of class and I keep notes about that being able to communicate back and forth because there are a lot of parents who don't know what's happening in the class they only know what the child is telling them if the child is saying anything i open up i have a lesson my, i do slides like joe does my uh my supervisors love it there you way. go yeah I, I set them up and i show them the slides and i say the slides are all in google classroom i could add you if you'd like give me your email you can follow along if you'd like and then I dive into to what I see in the classroom. If they have any interactions with other kids that aren't positive, 
or positive? Are they paying attention or are they goofing off? Are there certain days they come in tired and you just know they're not going to do anything that day? And then I ask, what can I do? I, I like to walk in and when, when the conference starts, I want them to tell me what they want. That's, you know, Dave, I, uh, I was taking some notes too, as I was looking through our, our kind of our, sh- our sheet here. And I do, I kind of do the similar, the same thing. I, I let the parents kind of start. I said, you know, what are some concerns you might see mm-hmm. at home? Or what are some concerns that, you know, that your kid is talking about at home? A lot of the times the parents, you know, they'll say things like, oh, we just, you know, we want to hear, you know, how they're doing in class and stuff. But I, I open the door up usually and that's, and I also try to start with positive things too, right? Yeah. You know, Julie is awesome. I love having her in class. She, you know, she's a great, has a great personality, yada, 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 all that stuff. And I try to end with something positive as well. Exactly. You know, so, so when they leave, they feel a little, uh, have a positive attitude towards, towards that experience. And I don't want to feel like I'm a bad cop, but when the the student comes in with the parent, first thing I, I do is, is what do you think I'm going to say? That's right out in front of them if they've been involved and said some things that they shouldn't have said to their parents as in not true. That's all addressed right away. Yeah, I, I like that idea of kind of flipping it out, flipping it over to them and, hey, what do you know about the class? What what yeah. do you know? And what that way you can steer it in the direction that they, they take you. Right. Because, I, I mean, I had similar stuff down. Always be positive. Always start positive. Find, find the you know, something unique about that kid that you can tell the parent. And, exactly. and then you address any issues they're having with grades or behavior, whatever, whatever issues that might be. And, and I always like to try to try to talk about something they either like recently did or something they're currently working on in the class yeah. or maybe an upcoming project or test and, and kind of get that information out there. Joe, can I, can I sidetrack us for one minute building off of what David said? Uh, yeah, you ahead. brought up the idea of the, the parents joining your, your um, slides and looking at that stuff, yeah. you know? And so I, I, I wrote down the question of, at what point do we stop doing these, Joe? What do you think? They, I mean, we use Schoology. These parents know what's going on. At what point is it going to be like, we don't even need to do these anymore? I mean, you're you're opening up your slides to these parents. These parents are in our Google class, I mean, our Schoology classroom. I mean, I was just wondering, Joe and Dave, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got the grades. They, they can see exactly what's going on in class. But, but honestly, I don't think... I think there's always going to be those parents that want to want to meet. They want to hear their teacher's voice. Um, I think that reduces the need for conferences. And I'm sure you know numbers are going down, and they'll probably trend that way. It used to be a parent finds out what their kid's grade is at conferences, and it's not that anymore. It's they want to get to know the teacher a little bit and maybe maybe hear about behavioral issues. So I, I don't think they'll ever go away completely, but I think we're trending in that direction. I think conferences are a lot more useful than parents give credit for, because as Jeff said, all that stuff's online, but it doesn't tell the whole story. So it's it's like a text message. You don't get tone in a text message. So when you're doing going through the slides, there are always, as we're talking now, there's always uh, sidetracks. Yeah. And sometimes those sidetracks are the best part of the class, and they don't get to see that. Yep, I, I agree with that because a lot of times there's there's jokes that are told in class that might involve involve a parent or a, a, the child of the parent, and mm-hmm. they think it's funny to hear their kids, you know, hey, your kid told this joke today in class, and right. everybody laughed. It was really funny, and yep. um, you know, whatever relationship you have with that student, I think it's good to kind of showcase that to the parent. Yep. All right, let's jump ahead. Um, anything specifically that you try to do, or maybe you try to avoid doing during conferences? No naming names. No naming names, no talking about uh, a 
events between other kids unless you know well there was a fight in class the other day and i'm sure that distracted him something like that but never naming names or something that's going on in the in the school like theft or something that is something the administration can handle yeah, yeah. and there's sometimes parents that try to kind of they try to kind of goat you into into naming names or right. into comparing their kid to other kids. Right. If there's a girlfriend or a boyfriend they want to know about. <laughs> oh, yeah. We yeah. don't get too many of that at the middle school level. I'm sure at the high school level. Yeah. Um, you, you know, my, my biggest one, too, I, I have on there avoid naming other students, right? Never name other students. Um, you know, when they ask about the makeup of the class, I, I might tell them, oh, there's 27 kids in there. It's a spirited yeah. group, you know translation the class is wild but um yeah but uh one of the things and i you wrote it down joe too is after 19 years we've had so many siblings and now we're having like aunts and uncles and things like that and mm-hmm. you know i i try to say hey how is so and so doing you know tell them i said hi give them my best but never never say you know oh they're not living up to the standard set by you know their brother or something like that right. because Every kid is every kid is different, and these and the parents know that, right? I, I live with one where my older son and my middle child are two completely different individuals. So that yep, that's 100%. my biggest thing. I never I never compare them. Um, I never compare them to other students, and I especially never compare them to their siblings or relatives that they might have. And and I've got you know something to add. You guys talked about things to avoid doing. I've got some some things that I do try to do. And anytime you're talking about, especially if it's something that a kid is struggling with, whether it's behavioral or academic, I try to get as specific as possible as I can with the parent. Like instead of saying, hey, your kid is he, he's a disruption in class. Um, I can say, hey, I was explaining this assignment today and I told the kids to get to work and, and you know, look at the slide. This slide was on the board. And then, you know, your son came to me three minutes later and asked me this question, which yeah. I had just said, and it was literally written on the board. And that gives them an idea of, yeah, like that's a specific example of them not paying attention in class. Right. Or, you know, maybe you see their, Hey, every time we go to turn something in, they open their folder and 17 pages fall out, but not the right one. Like as, as specific <laughs> as you can ball. be. Yeah. yeah. They don't have their folder and it or falls out of their backpack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I always I always try to be as specific as possible, whether positive or negative, when you're sharing with parents. I, I think parents like to hear that. I know their student and and you know, I know the the little bit little details and they can take that home yeah. and then they can talk specifically to their kid, not just say, Why are you a disruption? but why did you do this? Right. And the uh the thing about having something uniquely positive about about the student, like Joe said earlier. That knows you're paying. It shows them you're paying attention and you're listening, and you've got a rapport with them. That is that is so important that they know that. Yeah, it goes a long way to do it. Dave said at the beginning, you want to be on their team, right? You are on a team with the parent. You both have the same goal. You both want the kid to succeed. Yep, all great points. I, I got nothing to add to all that. That that's outstanding stuff. Hopefully, some of these teachers out here that are listening, you know, are, are taking notes as they listen to this because parent-teacher <laughs> conferences can be stressful. But it does. But it doesn't have to be, right? right. It doesn't no. have to be. No, and it's. I mean, it's a pain in the butt for teachers because it. You know, your your eight hour day or nine hour day just turned into a twelve or thirteen hour day sometimes. But uh, but yeah, like whatever you can do to to kind of help get through it. All right, you guys ready to transition into some scenarios? Yeah, let's do a couple of them. Sure. 
All right, we got uh, we, we got three scenarios that I have here. Uh, scenario one, you've got a student who consistently underperforms and the parent insists that their child is highly gifted and they're basically blaming your teaching for their lack of success. H how do you handle a conversation with that parent? Show them the evidence if it exists. Look at other classes. Most of my, my students that have behavioral issues, I look at other classes before the conference to see if, if there's a matching grade issue or an absence issue or anything like that. So if someone comes in that way upset and wants to know why, why things aren't working out, this is why. And I pull up Power School and I'll show them the exact write-up. This is what's happening. And Love it. not really yeah. confront them with what I think, confront them with what I know. That's that's a that's a great point. You know, when I was reading through these, Joe, I, I thought of all the conversations that we have at lunch about students and their achievement and things like that. And, you know, if there's a student like this, I'm sure they get talked about amongst our, our, our staff to try to figure out what's going on in your classroom. So I can always, you know, I try to you know, like you said, Dave, you know, see what, see how they're doing in other classes and stuff like that. And, you know, if they keep pushing this, that, oh, their, their child is highly gifted and this and that, I always go back to, well, I, I haven't seen it. I have to yeah. see it. You know, I, I, if I, you know, let's say they, they just rushed through the PSAT because they were bored and I'm like, well, look, they're, they're only in this percentile. They're, they're, you know, their work is half done. Um, you keep insisting that they're highly gifted, but I haven't seen it. Once I see it, then we can make adjustments and add different assignments and things like that. But the students need to show us as well, you know, um, yeah. that they're highly, highly gifted before, you know, we can try to, you know, move things along. Great practice player doesn't make money. Right. <laughs> Very true. And I love it because Jeff, you took it right back to where Dave took it with that. I love the word you use, Dave, evidence. Like, here is the evidence. And, and Jeff, you basically said, here's what I see. This is the evidence of what I see. And, and again, this, my thoughts go right along with that is focus on the specifics of what that student is struggling with. You brought up PSAT scores, or maybe it's, you know, struggling on tests and, and show the parents like, Hey, my kid's struggling on tests. They're, they're gifted. It's your fault. Well, um, here's what we do to, to prepare for tests. Here are the notes. Here is the study guide that we use. Here's the review game. Here's what they can do at home to review if they want to study at home as well. So here are all the resources that we have to, to help for whatever that specific issue is. So yeah, just show them, you know, show them what you're doing to offer support to their student and, and what their student can do to, to improve in whatever area it is that they're struggling. Absolutely. Yep. All right, you guys ready for the next one? Yep. Oh, yeah. Scenario two, you're dealing with an overbearing parent of a high-achieving student who is demanding more. What what, what can my student do? They're, they're getting an A. Uh, I want them to have this additional work. How, how do you deal with that parent? Joe, in our situation, you know, we're middle school teachers, right? So yep. we get that a lot. You know, we'll get – Oh, what can my child do at home and this and that? And you look at their grade book and they've got a hundred percent or a 99%. You know what my response is always to parents is let them be kids. These are middle schoolers, yeah. right? When they're at home, let them go outside for bike rides. Let them go play in the park. Let them go to friends' houses. Let them build Legos. Let them play video games. Cause clearly they're, they're doing well. I try, um, 
I try my hardest at, at parent-teacher conferences in those situations to tell the parents like, oh, give them more reading and have them do more work at home. And, you know, kids don't want to write at home. So I, I tell the parents, I say, look, whatever they're doing, it's working. Don't, don't add more stress to them. Let them be kids. And I've heard you say things like that, Joe, too, with, you know, um, with parents because of our age group. It's different than, Dave, you being a high school teacher. Yeah. I, I try to advise them not to micromanage. I have 13, 14 year olds. They're not adults, but they like to think they are. This is the last best place for them to make mistakes. Yep. For and sure. Easily learn after they make a mistake because they've seen what they're doing is wrong. And with a student who's really being high achieving and that the parent not wanting that person to have one failure, what's that student going to have when they leave high school and that parent isn't there micromanaging them? Dealing with parents like this, I feel like oftentimes you have a parent that's trying to find a fault in their kid. They're trying to like, hey, what can they do? What can they do to improve? Like they're doing, they're doing everything I'm asking to do. What do they enjoy doing? Have them do that, uh, whatever it is that they enjoy. Because I hate it. I feel like, you know, you have this kid getting a 98% and they're like asking, are they doing this? Are they doing this? And you feel like, you know, if it comes up, they could participate in class a little bit more. I feel like if I say that to the parent, then they're going home to the kid and not saying, hey, good job. You're getting a 98% right. in Mr. Rohoff's class. They're saying, you need to participate in class more. And that's right. not the message I want to give. I want to give the message that your, your kid is awesome. Your kid is doing is doing a great job. Yeah, the, the yeah. participate in class line is, is is what it is, Joe. It's like, uh, these parents are digging for something. So uh, tell yeah. them they tell them I, I'd like to hear them participate more in Socratic seminars or something like that. And it's it's so it's so fake because they're doing great. Like, let them be. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Come to class with a joke. <laughs> right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Tell them I need, I need a new dad joke. So tell them they need to come to class <laughs> or something because my, my dad well, jokes are getting bad. Uh, yeah. All right. Last, last scenario, then we will wrap up. Uh, you've got a student with a major behavioral issue. They're, they're constantly interrupting class or disrupting other students, but maybe they're doing well. Okay. In class, like grade wise, they're, they're getting an A or they're doing well enough. And how do you address this to the parent when, when the parent feels, Hey, my kid's getting an A. I don't care. That's really what I'm focused on. Well, first the parent should know the behavior before they come in. Kids all over the room. He disrupts the class. This is a class. If it's right. an independent study, then we could probably have a little leniency with the behavior, but he, there are other students in the classroom and it's not fair to the others who are trying to pay attention. They may not have the aptitude that, this person has who can get away with not doing these things. So again, this is a team sport. P teachers, students, and parents are on the same team and all of the students are on the same team. So yep. we all need to work together. That's pretty much exactly what I had down as well. Like it emphasized the classroom environment and how important that is to the school. You know, and I just had, I just had a conversation with a parent about this last week at conferences, you know, and she was totally in agreement with what you just said, Dave and Joe about, you know, they're distracting other students. And I, I told her, I said, I, I would rather him be well-behaved and get a C than be a jerk yeah. and be getting an A plus because yeah. in, in the long run, the grade's not what's going to matter. It's, right. it's, 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 you know, being a team player and being respectful of your peers and things like that, um, so that I like that point. Like I always bring it up. They're they're 
disrupting everyone else. So they're taking away the learning experience from everyone else as well. So I always make sure to bring that up and, you know, let the parents know how that is impacting everybody. All right. Just a, a couple more things to wrap up. Do you guys have any memories that stick out with conferences, either positive or negative? Any memory you'd like to share from conferences? I had one student that I had, uh, let's see, uh, one parent who had multiple kids who were in my class over the four years I was at the other school. And every day, every day we had a conference, she came in with all of the information about her son, daughter, whoever it was at the time. She knew everything that was going on in the classroom. She always asked me what she could do to help. She always told me how much her son or daughter liked the class. And she was very open when I would ask, okay, since we're being so honest and I feel so good about you liking my class, has the student ever said anything that I should be improving on as a, it's, it's a parent teacher conference. So I'm learning just as much as the teacher's learning. So uh, yeah, that was, that was a great experience. And she was always at every conference. That is a, that is a, you have to be a risk taker to open yourself up like that, Dave. I don't yeah. think a lot of teachers are willing to do that, but I, that is an amazing, you know, because then you're, you're, you know, you're that growth mindset is coming in as a teacher too. Yeah. I want to be a better at my craft. And so, yeah, that's, right. you got to be a risk taker though, to do that. Don't you, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, how about you? Anything that sticks out positive or negative? No, no. I, I just, I, you know, in 19 years, it, they, they, there's some good ones. There's some bad ones. Um, I've never had any super confrontational ones. Like I know you have Joe, um, but just uh, one, just one, but um, <laughs> you know, it, it is, it's the ones where, where the parent is under, you know, they're understanding they, they, Oh, this, this behavior will get taken care of. They're on your side. And it's, th- those are always the good ones. The ones that, you know, where, where the, you can tell the parent cares and yeah. you know, yeah. it just makes our job easier as well. Yeah. I know you 100%. got one, Joe. I've got just a just a quick story. I'll I'll start with uh, on the negative side, and and this was a parent that uh, I had two of the siblings, and this was the second one coming through. This parent was constantly trying to compare the younger one to the older one, and it was a very that's very tough. Like it's tough if if you're that younger sibling and you're not having the academic success. And I tried to keep trying to steer it steer it in other directions. And it would always get turned back to me. And I, I would try to use all those strategies we talked about of, you know, hey, here's here are the resources I'm providing to help the student on test. Here are the behaviors I'm seeing in class. I was specific as possible. And everything just kept flipping right back around to me. Well, you need to do this. Well, that's not working. Well, that's not working. And it, it was just, a, it was like we're going on a merry-go-round over and over and over. And it, at one point, we're probably... I don't know, eight to 10 minutes into this conference. This is before we timed anything. And I just stood up and said, we're going to, we're not going to come to an agreement here today. And I asked her to leave the conference. And I said that if they wanted to meet again, if they wanted to continue the conference, we could do it with uh, an administrator present because I was just no longer having it. And I could get into more details, but yeah. I don't want to get into more details today. Okay. And if anybody um, knows, and if anybody knows Joe, it's hard to get, under his skin. And, uh, this person, I was there, I witnessed it happen from my room. I was looking over <laughs> as it was going on. And I was like, wow, that, that mom must've said something because it's hard to get under Joe's skin. 
Dave, you yeah, worked with we, him. You saw, you witnessed yes, it firsthand. He's never, a, he is super calm and super collected and everything. I think I saw him get up once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? I left that year with that parent on good terms. Everything turned out okay, but I, that was just a frustrating experience for me. So, you know, don't, don't hesitate to end it and say, you know, we're not getting anything accomplished here. We can continue this later because sometimes cooler heads need to prevail and, you know, 24 hour rule, whatever it might be, just take a breath and then realize that you're on the same team and, and go back at it and keep work, working to do whatever you can to help that student. Um, but I don't want to end on that. I want to end on just, just kind of a general positive. Something I love about conferences is when you have a parent tell you that their student like loves your class, especially if it's a student you don't expect it from, maybe a quiet student that doesn't talk much. That is something that I always love to hear at conferences. Yeah. That's my favorite part. If they're like, oh yeah, they talk about your class all the time. And it's a student that, you know, maybe you don't, you don't feel like you've really connected with yet. And, and you realize, oh, I have, like, I, I am reaching this student. I am having an impact on this student. That's always a, a great feeling. Outstanding. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Joe. I love that when they yeah. sit down, you know, and you're, Oh, they talk about your class all the time. And I am always like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, right. but I'll, I'll yeah. take it as a compliment. Thank you. Right. Right. Really? Really? Did they say yeah. right. my class? <laughs> uh, either you guys have any closing thoughts or anything else, uh, advice or closing thoughts you want to end on? Well, for te teachers, I'd say don't panic. Like that incident that you talked about, Joe, it's not personal. What they're looking at is they're looking at whatever their grade is for the student, they're looking at why that student is that, and you're just the face that's in front. Like you said, a 24-hour rule. One thing I've learned, feeling the anger from the parents. Yeah. That anger is not directed at me. Right. Right. If there's any new teachers out there listening to this, take a deep breath at those first parent-teacher conferences, and, and don't take it personal, right? You cannot take it personal. Um, and as long as you're keeping the – uh, the student at the focus and what's best for that student, everything will go smoothly. Yeah. And the parent, the parents don't always realize that and they don't have the experience working with kids that, that you have. And, and they're frustrated because they want their kid to succeed just like you do. And it's, uh, I, I love that advice, Dave, that, you know, don't take it personal. And I, I think that's a, a great place to wrap it up today. Thank you, Dave, so much for coming on, for taking time out of your schedule to come on and join us today. It was it was so good catching up with you, and it was so good getting your insights on parent-teacher conferences. And uh, please, guys, do us a favor, like, subscribe, iTunes, um, Spotify, wherever you're listening to it. Please give us some more reviews and spread the word. We want you to share this with your colleagues. And... Uh, you know, every little bit helps every share, every time you share this podcast, that helps us a ton and join us next week. Uh, we're going to, we're going to have a guest on and we're just going to pick a couple topics that are going on in the world of education and uh, sit down and talk about them from a, from a teacher's perspective. So we're going to kind of, you know, take a look at some current events next week. This is Joe and Jeff signing off, reminding you to keep going above and beyond those standards because you may not make a lot of money, but you do make a difference. <music>